Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Brain Food Show with me, Simon, joined as always by Dave. And David, how's it going? It's going well. How about you? Good. You're looking sharp today. Are you wearing a waistcoat? A waistcoat. We, we would call it a vest. This was a big controversy on a video a little bit ago where you, you, were, oh, you called yes, it a, so um, a body warmer. Yeah, it's a body warmer. Yeah. We, Apparently, it's not a body warmer yeah, in the US. It people like, it's a vest. And I'm like, a vest is what you wear under a shirt, guys. I don't know what really? you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> people were like, are you stupid? I'm like, no, just British, I guess. <laughs> it was in an ad for Mac Weldon. Um, oh, yeah. And they'd sent me, which is super nice. I just went camping last weekend. I took yeah. this uh, body warmer thing with me, or as you guys would call it, a vest. A vest yeah. Which sounds weird because it was pretty chilly. And if I was just wearing a vest, I'd be really cold. Mm-hmm. No, it was good. And uh, this this vest thing's great, but they're not a sponsor for this episode. No. And the actual sponsor of this show, Skillshare, might get upset if I keep talking about how great <laughs> Mac Weldon is. Skillshare's great too. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. It's a whole different um, thing. They don't make clothes, so it's fine. <laughs> that's true. Although maybe you could learn how to make clothes. That's true. On Skillshare. Yeah. which uh, Make your own body warmers. Especially during these times, we can't go out shopping. Yeah. We just have to make our own clothes. I've been, you know, spinning my own wool. <laughs> turning my own phone off so we don't hear my notifications while we're recording a podcast. That would be good, Simon. And uh, that's something I could learn on Skillshare. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I ask you how you are? No, I just commented on your vest. No, you did. did. Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Well, my manners are still intact despite being socially isolated. How do you want to lead things off? Are we doing the standard quick fact Skillshare, Um, what everyone looks forward to, Yep. and then Um, body? Yep, and contest mention. Don't we've we haven't done this in like two months. Oh yeah, dude, I forgot. <laughs> Sorry, there's a whole plug section at the beginning. Uh, yeah, we've got a contest. Yep. Uh, we're giving away a thousand dollar Amazon gift card when we get to a thousand reviews on the iTunes store. But it doesn't matter because then people are like, "Oh, you're discriminating against Android users." And one, yes, <laughs> I do in my general life. But two, no. Wherever, like, if you leave it on. Stitcher or one of these other big shows will also go in and include that. Mm-hmm. If you're obviously leaving it on like a small podcast app that no one's ever heard of and you're out of Kenya, we're probably not going to find that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you leave it on a fairly big platform and you're in a major English-speaking country, we probably will. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how that's working. So when we cross a thousand reviews, we'll give away that thousand dollar numbers. Surely we must be there yet. How far away can we possibly be? I last time I checked, it was like seven hundred. We think we are. We got like a like two hundred and fifty or something left to go, but it's rising pretty quickly. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, so we're not making that great of progress. No, it is. Uh, there's a there's a thousand ratings now, but the reviews are still ah. Uh, you know, that's what I was looking at. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, it's creeping up, and that's just the U.S. one. If you actually look on, like, if you include like Britain and all those, there's actually way more than a thousand. Um, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But adding all those up is just maths I don't want to do. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, there we have it. Yeah. Also, were you on Carl's show yet? I was. Carl Smallwoods. Yeah. Were you, you were? Yeah. Did you you go on? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I definitely was. Awesome. Yeah. Carl Smallwood has a show. If you don't know it, called Fact Fiends. Uh, we've been, we've known of Carl. Carl's written for you. For years. I've, yeah, we've since interviewed Carl on this show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Seven years. That's some time. Yeah. He has a YouTube channel which you might know, Fact Fiends. Mm-hmm. And in these times of social distancing, he's been remoting in his hosts through yeah. Google Hangouts. Yeah. What topic did you do? Um. Let's see. What did we cover? Jar Jar Binks' dad trying to kill him. I didn't cover that one because I'd never seen Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What what did you do? Henry VIII's codpiece. Oh, 
Is that interesting? Yeah. Well, Carl was like, go on to factheme.com mm-hmm. and pick, pick one you're interested in. Yeah. And on the front page, there were two things about penises. So I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I better choose one of those then. That seems appropriate. Yeah, yeah, the other one was about Superman's penis. Yeah. And I've never seen Superman. I've seen Superman. Yeah, I'm yeah. just kidding. Well, did, was, did you have the issue that we, uh, when I did it, like half his words I couldn't hear because his phone kept cutting out. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Carl's microphone sucked. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> and it was funny because I thought this is going to perpetuate the thing because we had that issue on this podcast a lot where I would ignore what oh, you yeah. say because I had no <laughs> clue what you said. So I'd just be like, ha ha, and move right on. And this is just going to perpetuate it on another platform. They're like, he does it there too. He's just ignoring him. But yeah. It's like, I'd say something, I think, you know, an unfunny joke and instead of polite laughter from you, it's just dead silence (laughs) it's particularly great on the youtube version that's not cut so it's like this like there'll be like this three or four second gap and then you know whereas the podcast it gets cut but yeah no i i like that i'm gonna be on again i think at some point i'm gonna go on yeah i I was supposed to arrange that and then i didn't yeah (laughs) maybe i will i had fun it was fun we actually ended up uh, the the whole thing almost like an hour and a half i don't know how much is he gonna keep we just kept chatting wow about whatever on the on the extra part you know at the end we're just chatting about randomness. It was fun. I, I, I enjoyed that. Carl's Carl's a fun guy. And I don't know. He hasn't put out the episode. Has he put yours out yet? I I think I checked late last week yeah. and he hadn't. Yeah. But normally I someone on Twitter is going to alert me to yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Where I find things like yeah. someone said something about you on the internet. Oh, my God. Is it bad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's usually my initial reaction. Yeah. yeah. Has another of my channels been hacked? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The top tens thing, which people, I don't know. Everyone always asks about that. What happened with that? Basically, I'll be in more of a position to talk about it in a couple of weeks. Okay. But basically, someone sent a link to someone on our team, which had a link uh, you know, like, hey, we want to sponsor you. Mm-hmm. This is just speculation because those don't come into my email inbox. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't really properly talk about this yet. Okay. I'm sorry. No, um, we can revisit it next episode and then I will be able to, and I'll explain why and everything like that. Yeah. And then I can give a complete picture. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that does happen all the time. Oh, and I'm not involved in any lawsuits, if that, because I, I mentioned that <laughs> on the business plays and people are like, someone suing someone. I was like, I'm not suing anyone or being sued, but that, no. that's not the reason. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's really, um, from what I gathered, was more, it's more of a YouTube problem, if anything. It's, it's there. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a security problem and the, we're not responsible for YouTube security. Yeah. And it's been around for a while. This has been a thing. This, and it's, you totally get those emails Lots. all the time. So it's not, it's not weird to just click and be like, oh, let's check this one out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, I, I, it does seem like a platform security issue, to be yeah, frank. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm generally one. I, I think it's best to, if something goes wrong, assign yourself blame yeah, before yeah. you assign other people blame. Yeah. On this one, I'm kind of like, YouTube, this seems to be like mostly on you. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, how long it takes to fix. Like oh, it should yeah. be basically instant, is, but you know. Again, I'll talk more about this in the future, but I can talk about that. It was like the way I got the video taken down was not through YouTube, was not through creator support, like hitting yeah. them up on Twitter. I mean, it happens in like the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, California mm-hmm. time. So yeah. I don't expect my rep to be up at three in the morning ready to respond to my request, but it was up for like hours. Yeah. The way I got it taken down was just I went to Twitter and said, please retweet this. Just go and report this video for whatever you like. Yeah. Terrorism, yeah. spam. It was just totally fraud thing, and trying to steal people's money and stuff. So, you know. Totally. Yeah. And I, people just went over there and then the whole channel got taken down, which was, yeah. uh, I'd rather have that yeah. than yeah. have that video out. Yeah. So... 
Yeah. That's my guerrilla warfare. Yeah. Go take it down. Just report the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do some let's oh, do some one more thing I did want to mention about sorry. Carl's. Carl did just launch a podcast. If people are wanting another podcast to listen Ooh, to Carl's sorry, Corner. Yeah, I see that here. Carl's Corner. You can yeah. find it on Spotify. I don't know if you can find it elsewhere, but it's called Carl's this isn't Corner. You Carl's done a podcast for ages, hasn't he? He did that one, but then the company, the the brew something brew, uh, went out of business. It was some sort of like ah. a subscription thing, and so he was on there, and so he's moved some of them over, and then they're going to make new episodes and stuff. So. Awesome. It was it was quite popular on that other platform, so I assume it'll be good here. Carl's Corner on uh, on Spotify and I imagine elsewhere. Yeah, so probably. Great. Yeah. Quick fact. Cool. Yeah. So last time we were doing the difference between stuff, and we're gonna do something a little different. Dude, to- last time was so long ago. I'm like, we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> super popular. Uh, like over a hundred thousand. Listeners overall, it was. Yeah, Dude, I got to pay more attention to this stuff. I've got really lazy yeah. about this. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> yeah. And we actually made a profit on that episode. I mean, still like what? McDonald's level salary. You know, working at the cashier at McDonald's, but it was a profit. Pretty sweet. I know. So, anyways, quick fact about it. So, I'm going to start with the uh, one going with that. But that's not going to be what this episode's about. It'll, we're moving on from the difference between for a little bit. But I want to do it. The quick fact is a difference between. So the difference between men's and women's like shaving products and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the thing about that is if I'm mean, as I don't know, some people may or may not have noticed the men's stuff is way cheaper than the women's stuff. And like, should it be? Is there actually any difference here? And so I'll just uh, we're going to give a couple examples and we go with the main the two main things here, the razors and the shaving cream. Right, so uh-huh. to start with the with the razors, which are the the women's ones, are a lot more expensive. So are they are they different? So first, if you're just talking about the razor blades themselves, then no, there's no difference at all. And even Gillette uh, had a press release about this that, that's saying to quote, they have the same blade technology, so they're using the same blades in the actual thing. So that's not different, and uh, that's probably okay. the most sophisticated and I don't know if expensive, but definitely the most that they put them their most money in. But yeah, so what about the rest? And so there is like a little bit different design difference here. So the, I mean, just to accommodate the fact that when women are shaving, of course, they're looking down a lot, like shaving the legs and stuff. And so, and it's a lot larger surface area uh, that they're doing. So they do, they tend to have the wider sort of around the razors thing that have a lot more. Yeah, I've like, got pretty big heads. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Really but yeah, at the same time, you're probably shaving in the mirror, right? Like it's a little different, right? Uh, no, I shave in the shower normally. Oh, do you just do it like um, without even looking? Just go over? Yeah, yeah. Like I use one hand to shave and then mm-hmm. the other hand to feel. So like it kind of trails. Oh, the... yeah. Okay. I mean, I shave my beard or like mm-hmm. my face. Yeah, yeah. Like my neck yeah. and the sideburns and, you know, the hair that grows up to basically my nose. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. I'm like... It... I'm pretty hairy, like on my face, like, yeah. and so you got to like trim these. I'm pointing to the upper part of my cheeks, so I got to do that in the mirror. Yeah, that that comes that. I thought that was fascinating with the um the we did that video a while ago on the the balding men and why why do balded men like grow such like better beards? Why is there that stereotype? Yeah, levels of testosterone. Yeah, that's right. And and it's just, basically Joe Rogan. Yeah, the know. the more sensitivity <laughs> in the face, but that's They're a hunting. Yeah. That same sensitivity ends up making it so your hair follicles react differently on your head, your scalp, and then they end up just dying off and falling out. But the the beard ones, they it just like accelerates growth and like really full and all that business. Yeah. So that's what I say whenever someone calls me bald. I'm just like, you're just jealous of my levels of testosterone. I'm extremely <laughs> yeah, my, manly. My, well, or you can say my body. On the on the flip side, it's more like 
my my sensitivity if you just throw out, if you get rid of the testosterone because it's sensitivity to the testosterone so be, you know he could just cut off the testosterone and make it sound less manly be like i'm just really sensitive you know like oh yeah, yeah. that's true yeah it's yeah. all in how you phrase it really yeah very flexible being yeah. bald's great yeah well yeah you don't have to i mean other than like in the winter when your head gets cold but you just put on a cap you know dude yeah what a hat's for like, i've got i've got my hat right here check yeah. this out you can accessorize yeah there you go there you go <laughs> even my head nice and tasty i'm gonna take that off yeah <laughs> But anyway, so so yeah, the, the this larger sort of area around the the razor blades is meant to sort of guide really fine hairs, which is really what they're targeting for like leg hairs and stuff, mm-hmm. and and particularly sometimes longer hairs, like if like you know in the winter maybe let your leg hair grow out or whatever, and then they uh, shave. So that's they're kind of designed for that and to go faster. So the larger area around also makes it so you can shave much quicker without cutting yourself. So you know which is helpful because it's like women shave like it's like wait I'd take that. Yeah, I, always, well, I mean, it doesn't take me long, but I always go faster. I got work to do. Yeah, but the downside huh. is this is there's a drawback in that it doesn't get quite as close of a shave as men typically like. So it's it, it's yeah. not not quite as close. Whereas the men's razors, the blades tend to be closer together and they're angled slightly differently. And, and they have a much less uh, area around in order to get like more like nooks and crannies and stuff. Um, like by your nose or whatever um, and stuff like that so you can cut yourself easier but it also gets a little closer shave and it's designed a little bit with a different angle for more thicker hairs um, and stubbly hairs to do better there but you'll note here none of these differences should make one more expensive than the other we're really just talking about a slightly different design of the mold that they're using for the things and like a different angle of, of blades and maybe the blades are a little closer together and you know these versus That's far apart. Isn't it? Surely it's just got to be like women are willing to pay more for this stuff. Yeah we're gonna get in we're gonna get into this uh, momentarily so it's not like it's just plastic and they already said it's the same pieces of metal so it's like come on it's like are we, yeah. you know it's just yeah yeah exactly so if you go um, now moving on to shaving creams. So shaving creams, is there any difference? And it turns out there is two and only two differences between the shaving creams, between the foams. And I can and guess one. It totally smells different. Like the it smells smell? super women-y. The smell? And also men smell super manly. It's like yeah. the most, like yeah. the smell of shaving foam, I feel is like, I don't know, maybe it's just because, you, you know, growing up, you see your dad shaving and you're like, huh. that's the smell I associate with man. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, for me, that is a manly smell. Yeah, there's that. The smell is different. And the price is different. No. That's it. <laughs> the other ingredients in a given brand, you'll see if you look at the labels, uh, they're, they're the same. I mean, they do have different types within the brand, but you'll see they, it's the same formulas for the men's and the women's. Okay. So why? Why then do the women pay more? Because surely the scent, you know, they're still putting like scents in a lot of the, the men's ones too, so it shouldn't really be more expensive. Um, so com- sense. Yeah, Consumer Reports did, did a report on this in 2009, and they're not just looking at shaving creams and that, but like you look at like all that sort of like bathroom products where they have the men and the women's that are, and that, you know, they're quite often just the same thing, but the women's are marked up mm. considerably. And so they were asking manufacturers, what's the deal with, why is this one more expensive than this? When we look at the active ingredient or the ingredient <laughs> list and they're the, the exact answer. same. <laughs> we can make more money off it, guys, obviously. Come on. Yeah, so they, they did. Refreshingly they did get, honest. They did get a lot of responses. So Nivea or Nivea or whatever, however you pronounce that. So they, their body washes, for instance, are 27% more expensive for women than men. And so what was the difference there? And they claimed the women's version has skin sensation technology. And then, but if you looked at the like ingredients list, Yes. They were the exact same. So apparently the skin sensation technology doesn't show up on that list. But yeah. And then um, Gillette on the, so in an interview with Boston Magazine, Dr. Christina Vanus Duiz, maybe. That so is she, a surname. 
That is. It's yeah. Uh, she works at the Gillette Innovation Center, uh, which we're going to get. They actually, oh, I'm just going to mention it now. They have 150 PhDs that work there at this one office looking at a Gillette. Look, at Gillette. And just looking at, you know, designing new razors. We'll get into it more, but let's talk about her quote here. So she was asked what about the price difference. And note here, she was asked about the price difference. And this was her response. The elastometer materials in the grip points, finger rests, and how women hold the razor are different and more comprehensive. It's important to make the razor ergonomic to... This has got nothing to... She's not answering <laughs> yeah. the question at all. No, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> because women typically shave in a fairly wet environment and for women shaving can be like acrobatics trying to get the ankle back of the legs knees etc we want the handle to have good control so that she can move it around in her hands yeah, we so did a podcast was it a podcast or a video where we talked about politicians yeah, yeah, and answer questions but making it okay yeah and since doing that i'll yeah. like watch things or you know see media you know read it in the media and it's like Wow, they really don't answer the question at all. They never answer the question. They just say something that sounds kind of like if you're not paying attention that they're answering the question. And this one totally does. But when you actually... I've, I have to say, it's I've started using it. Like, if someone asks me a question on Twitter that I find, like, dumb or, like, I don't really want to answer, I'll just give a complete non-answer. <laughs> and people are like, I, I mean... <laughs> I think they just the reply is enough sometimes, you know. It'll be you just say something like, "Yeah, oh, I can't think of a good example now." But yeah. it's just like someone will ask like a bunch of stuff, and you'd be like, "Yeah, it's interesting, right? Thank you." Yeah. It's like we didn't answer the question. It's like okay, yeah, <laughs> dealt with. Yeah, exactly. That is that is what she did here as well. So, um, but yeah, uh, so 150 PhDs at work, including her, at this one. It's in Reading, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and so it it the the research they do on these things. So a hundred people per day there come in and shave using their little prototypes and stuff. And um, is Reading is this Reading in the UK? I used to live there. I don't know. Or I didn't. Is this Reading the, in the US? I think Could it's in the US. Reading in the US as well. I think okay. it's in the US. Uh, but so the Pro Glide alone, thirty thousand men shaved with this thing before it hit the market uh, to to tweak it and whatnot. And so naturally, there's like vast sums of money in this and the profit margins on these things are crazy high. So they have a lot of money to throw around to PhDs. But I think the funniest part about this is I, I know, like I'm sure they, they you know, the metal of the razors, they probably tweak in subtle ways that you they would never reveal publicly because it's, you know, they want that to be their little trade secret and everything. So there's so probably... say it. You don't have to give away the trade secret yeah. just by saying it. There's stuff like that. But like... If you look at models at each generation where they let the new and improved, the improvement is always just to add another blade. Like it's just, yeah. they go from like one to two to three. And I think they're up to like five or six now. And it's just like, it's like, yeah, they needed 150 PhDs for that. It's like 150 PhDs and they figure out what are we going to do? Well, max six. Yeah. Max six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Add another blade. Genius. Yeah. But yeah, so, so psychology today, going back to the price difference there, they're, they're more, I think, sensible answer, not the one given by the companies, is just that lacking an explanation. I'm serious, sorry, I'm seriously trying to think, like, as a man, I feel I'm quite familiar with the innovations that Gillette has had over the last, what, 15 years yeah. of shaving as an adult. Yeah. Like, they made it vibrate at some point. Yeah, they did, they did that. They definitely added some blades. A lot they of started blades. calling it fusion. Yeah. What else has happened? I'm sure. I'm sure there's like subtle tweaks to like the the uh, the mechanism that pivots. I'm sure like that's something. And I'm sure 
the actual 150 blade. PhDs. Yeah. Oh, they added the strip. Remember they added the strip to get so it's like oh, a smoother Oh, the moisturizing glide. strip. Yeah. I there was always a moisturizing strip. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, at some point, someone they thought to add that. So. Yeah, I know, but it's like 20 years of 150 PhDs. Yeah. <sighs> You'd think it could come more, and presumably they could make it last a lot longer. But you know that wouldn't be good per se, unless the competitor. So does they've the got same. 150 PhDs trying to make it worse. <laughs> Yeah, make it better, but not in a way that it lasts longer, per se. Yeah, I am stumped to think of like yeah, what they do year, year after year. I'm sure there's got to be stuff that they're just not like. But yeah, you would think like at a certain point, yeah, razors. We've been humans have been making razors for a long time. We've probably pretty well perfected that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I use Dollar Shave Club because they send us so much stuff. Yeah, like, yeah for free. Yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah. like, this is great. What is there to improve? The only thing that I do slightly differently, which I don't mention in the ads because I'm probably not supposed to, is I don't even use the handle. Like, I just use their blades because I can hold it really close to my head if uh-huh. I just oh, use wow. the... So I just take the blade out of it and then just use that. So that's my life. That's how I've improved their technology. <laughs> I've discarded the handle entirely. At some point, there'll be like the G- Gillette handheld where instead of using the big long handle, it's more like a like a beard brush or something where it's like the... Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I got a beard brush and I can there's imagine that, hurting myself badly. There, there's that, that college humor CEO. The college humor CEO thing. Did you watch the. Um, uh, I saw the one you sent me about uh, what's this? The e cigarette. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. An, there's another one with the product uh, um, Tide Pots. And he's, and it basically, every, they were making like popsicles. And the, but for people, the premise is just basically that uh, the CEO doesn't realize that they're making everything to look like food. So everyone's eating it. It's, it's a funny skit. <laughs> but the point is, at the end, he's got like a burger and it's the razor that they're making. And he's like, this is a burger. And he's freaking out. And then he, he does a shave with it and it ends up being like really good shave. It's great. Uh, Everyone should go watch. That's like one of the best skits College Humor has done in a long time, that series in years. Up in the game lately. Yeah. Well, now that they're out of business. So it's working out. It's pretty strange. <laughs> But yeah, because yeah. you sent me that and I was like, you know, they went out of business or like they fired yeah. all their staff like three months ago. So yeah. why did their content get awesome? Like- yeah, it got better. Um, that it, the, the guy who did that skit was the one guy they kept. So maybe that's like the one a new original because it's whatever Brennan or whatever guy. It's funny, but it's a good series that they did. Um, so anyways, Psychology Today on The Explanation. They, they give a, a probably more a oh reason. God, what are we talking about? I'm sorry, I'm totally lost. <laughs> why, the, why the women's ones are more expensive when it's basically the exact oh, same thing. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so it is comes down to the fact that women are under more pressure or sometimes just want to more, more interested in being well-groomed. And so they will pay more. And if it's branded at women, there will be the assumption from the branding, whether it, you know, who reads the labels of ingredients of shaving cream and things like this, uh, that it's different somehow. And so that they will buy the women version, even if the exact same product uh, is, is right next to you know, the shelves branded at men. It would have been much harder to get away with all of this before the smartphone, right? Yeah. Because I don't know about you, but when I used to go take a dump or whatever, you know, before it was like, <laughs> I can read any of the world's information. You're like, oh no, I forgot a book. Yeah. Or a newspaper. And you're like, quickly, what can I read? And you just go over to the bath and just grab whatever, like, oh, phew, I, at least I can read the description <laughs> of the shampoo. <laughs> yeah, which is always- In the past, pre-smartphone, I'd just be comparing ingredients, be like, huh, busted. Yeah. And yeah, now that's it's like, true. no one does that. That's true. But yeah, so that's uh, that's the thing is if uh, quite often, particularly in ones that don't really have a scent issue, or maybe you just get the unscented version, uh, if you want the, the more manly version, it's cheaper. 
But yeah, so women will pay more. And this is not just with grooming products. Women pay more for like everything. Um, so clothes is the, the most notorious one. Like you could have a T-shirt that material wise is much less than, you know, design wise. It's a T-shirt, you know, that is massively more expensive. And it turns out women, the tariff on women's clothing is often in many countries a lot more expensive. So that does do some of the price differences, which I mean, that makes no sense. But wait, what? how's that legal? Yeah. Why well, is that a thing? Like but it is. It is. And uh, and but that doesn't actually when you do the thing, it doesn't actually uh, account for all the discrepancy. And it just turns out the manufacturers know good and well. If a woman finds like a, a shirt or something that she loves. She will pay more for it than the guy who is like wearing the same T-shirts he wore like 20 years ago. You know, like oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so he's not willing to pay those those more prices. So they know it. And this beyond clothes. So this is I thought this was funny. Excedrin Menstrual Complete is 8% more expensive than Excedrin Extra Strength, which is the exact Dude, same dosage. is Excedrin Menstrual Complete? It is the exact same thing as Excedrin Extra Strength. The ingredients, the what same. What is Excedrin pills. Extra Strength? It's just, you know, a drug, you know, like uh, uh, Excedrin. Oh, like a painkiller. Yeah, I don't know. Is Excedrin Ibuprofen? I, I have no idea. Or is it its own thing? I have no idea. But... It's the same. They're ah, the same this pills. Is, is this a po- is this like a big American brand? Yeah, yeah. People talk about Tylenol. Yeah, yeah. We don't have Tylenol. Really? We have Panadol. So, but it's the same, like acetaminophen or whatever that is. Yeah, para- yeah. We, Or like we call it paracetamol, but I think that's not the brand name. That's also oh, okay. another scientific name. It's confusing. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. There's one that there's one that ruins your liver if you've been drinking, and that's the one you can never take if you've got a hangover and that's paracetamol okay and then there's the other one which doesn't ruin your liver which you can take if you've got a hangover like i remember learning this Um, uh ibuprofen yeah yeah and the only one that's not confusing then is aspirin just because uh buyer or bear depending on where you're from uh they lost their trademark uh because of world war one or world war two i can't remember which one i think it was world war i I think it was a nazi thing wasn't yeah Uh, and i think that one aspirin i think was world war one uh, and then they did the Nazi. They were involved in the gassing thing, so that didn't. That wasn't a good look. I saw this was uh, maybe it was another drug that they lost because they were like, yeah, yeah guess what? You don't have your drugs anymore because yeah. you made like Zyklomp. <laughs> yeah, so that's why. That's why for people that don't know, that's why you everyone like all the brands call it aspirin, you know, quite often, mm. and uh, and why ibuprofen though you have different, you know, you have Advil and different brand names of the same thing. But uh, so this is Excedrin Menstrual Complete and the Excedrin Extra Strength. They're the exact same thing. They're the exact same dosage, they're the, everything, but you will pay eight percent more for the Excedrin Menstrual Complete than the other. Well, and this isn't this isn't the worst. Exa- I mean, this is a good example of the men versus women. But dude, like, yeah, I don't know. We have a brand called Neurofen, which is uh-huh. ibuprofen, and it's like you're going to the pharmacy, and it'll be like, yeah, you get like a box of sixteen or whatever, and it's like four pounds, or you can buy ibuprofen. You know, that's like Boots's own. You know, like yeah. just the the store's own brand of ibuprofen and it's like 14p and it's like what's the difference there is no difference (laughs) one is just a brand name they contain 400 milligrams of ibuprofen yeah that's it yeah that's at least advil does a thing i think to try to distinguish is they make it taste the pill kind of taste good you know, like just the, okay. they put some sort of coating, but that's really it. But it, yeah, like you say, it's like yeah, so but much then more you expensive. Also get the ones that are like 18p and they'll be like, yeah, sugar coated ibuprofen. Yeah. You're like, okay, great. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but and beyond gender divided, as with these ones, I found uh, Excedrin migraine gels will cost you about 50 cents more than extra strength mm-hmm. Excedrin, but they also are the same. They're the exact same thing but you pay 50 cents more. And so this, you think extra strength versus Excedrin migraine. And it just seems to be like, you know, it's targeted, market to target. If you have a migraine, oh, I should get the migraine one, right? Like that's the one I should get. 
and uh, you're in a lot of pain. And so, you know, instead of the extra strength, so people will just pay and uh, and just uh, on the marketing and branding, even though they're the exact same things. And, uh, and also, to be fair, it might it yeah. might well work because placebo yeah. effect is very strong. Oh, that's true. That's true. Like this one's for migraines, of course. That's why I'm going to take it for that. But yeah. Wasn't there that study like... I, you could probably look, you know, this is probably something that today I found out would totally debunk as false, but it's definitely <laughs> something I heard. Yeah. And that's like, they did a clinical study of, I believe it was a pill that would reduce pneumonia, which sounds weird because that's like fluid in your lungs, right? Mm-hmm. And they gave people a placebo and it was just the the placebo was also effective in reducing pneumonia. And it's mm-hmm. like, the power of the placebo is strong. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it worked on fluid in the lung somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, because there's lots of stuff with that placebo that it's like, well, like that that clearly did actually, I mean, obviously it didn't do something like by very definition, but like something within the body was able to do something just by the, yeah. I don't know, it's bizarre. But yeah, there's also the uh, the nocebo, which, which was the opposite of that, where you actually get worse because you believe you're going to get worse. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember the exact details on that because I was going on like 10 years since that article. I don't think we've ever covered that on YouTube, but um, but yeah, Sounds in like any event, want. in any event. So pay attention to labels if you're especially if you're a woman, because the companies are, you know, they charge a lot. Um, but that leads Noted. us into into companies that don't charge a lot. Skillshare. Oh, <laughs> slick. And that brings us to today's sponsor. Skillshare, uh, Skillshare, Gavin, and our dear audience, is an yeah. online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity. Skillshare offers creative classes designed for real life. I just watched The Matrix again. It's not designed for virtual life where you live in a machine. Skillshare is designed for real life and all of the circumstances that come with that real life. It's always the right time to stay inspired, express yourself, and connect with the community of millions. God, especially now, right? Connect with a community of millions while you've got to stay in your house. Great. And learn new things. Yeah. It's ad reads is, isn't going to age well, but I mean, for now, it's very appropriate. <laughs> Set all your minds. If you're anxious, explore classes that may help you express what you're feeling through creative self-discovery. Wow, whoever wrote this ad copy is a lot more sensitive than I am. Listen to that sentence again. Express what you're feeling through creative self-discovery. Are you feeling inspired at that? That's great. (laughs) If you're uncertain about what's next, and who isn't, I feel uncertain about what's next, even when the world isn't having some sort of crisis, to be honest, Uh, because obviously the future's unknown and there's a whole lot of randomness going on. So creative challenge, productivity class. It can offer a helpful structure for setting small goals and a feeling of fulfilling sense of accomplishments. I get that. I I don't get lost so much in creativity, but I do like get lost in productivity, which is a weird thing because I think most people are like, oh yeah, painting a painting just get lost in it. Whereas I'm like, when I'm painting a painting, I'm just like, just thinking about things that aren't the painting. When I'm being productive, you know, that's when I'm like, yeah, lost in productivity. Drawing, writing, journaling classes can be a great way to help manage stress, practice mindfulness, feel connected to one another. Find yourself rearranging the furniture? No, 
But uh, I guess some they people did might. Actually have, like, they have uh, some good ones on... Um, I did when we were doing the um, Jurassic Park. Interior design? Is that what interior, you're going to say? Interior design. They have some good ones. And like, <laughs> exactly. That's where I'm going. I'm not just talking about moving the furniture for no reason, David. No. And they, they look I'm talking nice. about interior design. Yeah. How to rearrange your space, which is good for now. You know, if you're bored with the way things are arranged, spruce it up a bit. Yeah. I move my sofa. I mean, got to sort out my feng shui. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, look, I don't know. I'm not... I, I'm not going to be following an interior design course, to be honest, but I get some people are. I've done an email productivity course. That's like up my street. That was by someone yeah. called Alexander Samuels. This was ages ago, but it was really good. Uh, oh, yeah, I found this one. Dude, I was thinking about like increasing our podcast game, making it better somehow, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. diving into a Skillshare course and seeing what I could learn. Because obviously, I mean, listen to this ad read. Listen to this episode. I'm not very good at this. <laughs> and I could get better. So, look... That's what Skillshare's for. It's about getting better. There's this one. How to make a podcast. <sighs> that name, right? Tells it to you straight. By John Lego Marcino. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that, but it's on my list. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable. Annual subscription works out less than $10 a month. I'm mm-hmm. betting that's $9.99, isn't it? And they charge the same yeah. to men or women. There's no markup. Ooh, Skillshare is very woke. <laughs> if I'm using that word correctly. Am I going to have to redo this ad because I called Skillshare woke? <laughs> Skillshare know. tends to be a bit like, can you just read the ad points? And I haven't done that. So, yeah. yeah. Skillshare.com forward slash prefix <laughs> is where you can so uh, They're basically like, sign up. Simon, you're not very good at these ad reads. <laughs> Could you just yeah. go ahead and watch, it, watch a, a course on our, our platform, please? Sure. Dude, I don't know. I can't help myself. It's like I see the points and I'm like, it doesn't sound like me. And I like yeah. Skillshare. Yeah. And I know they're going to be like, you didn't mention this. And I'm like, yeah, but look, I actually like what you do. I feel like people listening it might actually get that if you let me say like <laughs> that I like what you do. Yeah. Um, but and at you the same time, to be fair, they probably yeah. have like marketing studies. And if you use these words, it's way more effective at the same All time. Right, look. Okay, so I could just say drawing, writing, and journaling classes can be a great way to manage stress, <gasps> practice mindfulness, and feel connected to one another is something that would never exit my mouth. <laughs> but saying that Skillshare is actually good and helps you learn stuff and you can dive in and like learn stuff about things I actually do like podcasting, <laughs> then I'll be like, okay, people might actually go and get it because he actually likes it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, two months of premium membership. You can go see if you like it yourself. It's free for two months. And then it's yep. like less than $10 a month. Look, I think it's pretty good. Let's just move on because <laughs> Skillshare, it's great. This ad's been like four minutes and I'm sure people are already upset. All right, done. Main content, if you didn't like talking about ads, today we're going to talk about the dictionary. <laughs> Actually, I did. I did like my little rant today, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't sound yeah. like it's going to be interesting, but I promise it is. Uh, so, Dude, you've promised this before and I've sat through like an hour of you talking about baseball <laughs> or something. And I'm like, dude... <laughs> Dude. So it's not about baseball. We're not we wouldn't do that to you because no one would no one would listen. You wouldn't um, do that to me. Dude, you do it to me like every third I week. would do it to you, not the listeners. Oh. <laughs> well, maybe the listeners like baseball. Yeah, well, like, you know, probably like ten of them. So uh, do first we're gonna start with do you ever wondered if words get removed from the dictionary? Like once they're there, are they there to stay? And so we're gonna start out. Uh, talking about that, and we're going to start out. We're going to talk about some other interesting facets of language and what is the what is a dictionary? Because there's a, there's kind of a common mistake a lot of people make 
when that we'll get into when when looking at like thinking about what the dictionary is and the the linguists behind them definitely don't uh, don't make that same mistake. So full disclosure. Oh, dude, you, you you promised this would be interesting. It is interesting because I already phased out once. This is going to be interesting I'm because so- <laughs> half this episode is probably just going to be us ranting about things, and that's always entertaining. Okay. Uh, so because full disclosure, dude, I did whole, I did a business place the other yeah. day which is another channel that i do and i was like i was i was editing and i'm like oh this isn't very good i'm just upset about something for like 30 <laughs> minutes and then people are like more rents and i'm like okay yeah. <laughs> more rents yeah. no because this one this whole episode the whole point really behind it, it besides to teach something interesting uh is just a vent because so okay. when you've written over six million words that have been read or listened to by many many dozens of millions of people you get you get you know you make the slightest little thing and people people jump all over it so you have a certain so we have grammar nazis and when i say that some linguists are like people who really like language are like well i'm a grammar nazi why are you insulting me i'm not i'm not talking about you i'm talking about the nazis self identify as nazis yeah. yeah that's exactly the the emphasis on nazi not the playful nazi but like the actual nazis these are the grammar nazis of the internet who who live to only you know destroy and you know be mean and note here the pro word nerds they do not do this. If you make a typo in a thing, the pro wordners are, hey, got a little typo there. Or if you use some sort of like, you know, grammar structure that's, you know, abnormal. But if you do it, you know, if you do it in like a way that's not clear, the, the pro wordners will be like, hey, maybe reword it like this and they're real polite and everything. Or they might be like, yeah, that was really good. Clever. Grammar Nazis never do that. If anything's even slightly off, for instance, the word anyways, I use anyways all the time. Do you, would you say anyways? No, and when it comes up in a script, often I'm like, it feels weird. So I think sometimes I'll say it depending on my vibe, but like yeah. often I'll be like, because you also use another one I find weird, funnily enough. Funnily Fun- enough. Yeah, and I, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I find, I, 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 it's, it makes sense as well, but totally. I always say funny enough uh-huh. um, because it's how I've always said it. So I'll be like, funny yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But, I could go back and forth, but yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways is one I use anyways. a lot. And, Every you do time. say it a lot. And every time. That's not a word. And then they'll go off usually on like a paragraph on how I should kill myself. Wait, or every time's not uh, a word? No, any anyways. Every time I use anyways, they'll be like, oh, you okay. know, I should clearly <laughs> oh kill God, myself for using that word. And so yeah. Uh, this but turns out, anyways has been around. <laughs> Did you just say you should clearly kill yourself for using that word? This no, these are these I said emphasis on the Nazi part of the great you these are the things they say. So, anyways, has been around since the Someone 13th said century. You should kill yourself for using the word anyways. Yes. There's been there, oh anyway. dude. And all these I were, thought the pronunciation people were bad. No, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you said it Da Vinci, it's Da Vinci. Yeah. Kill yourself. No right. one's ever said that to me. Normally they they people are dicks, but no, they're yeah. not telling me to kill myself. Yeah, no. But yeah, Anyways, has been around since the 13th century for the record, which is before even like the the standard English we have today. But um, yeah, so this is this is this whole we're going to talk about the dictionary and what what makes a word a word, you know, in the end. And uh, and so let's dive in. Let's just go right into it, shall we? So second edition of the Oxford let's English. dive in. Uh... 44 <laughs> minutes into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, so the, this. <laughs> The second edition of the Oxford English Dictionary. So most people think this is like the definitive comprehensive record of the English language, right? Like, you know, I think most most people would say that. So they include basically when a word goes in to that dictionary, it's like the Hotel California of linguistics where it never will ever come out uh, into that. And just an aside here, I know I put this somewhere else, but 
later, but just the second edition of the Oxford English Dictionary, that's one I use a lot just because I bought like a off eBay, one of those old CDs, you know, CD collection things. And it's, you know, it's like $5 uh, instead of having to pay the subscription for the, so the second, ah, ed- okay. the second edition has been around for a long time. And so the third edition, it, they, which they've been working on for decades now to come out and it's still going and probably a couple more decades to finish the third edition. This is to, to upgrade from this finish the second edition. I just think that's astounding. Like the amount of work so, that goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look at my university textbooks. It's like, you know, oh, we're on the 37th edition already of a book that was published like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They update like every year. Yeah. No. And so, yeah. But in any event, so word goes in, it doesn't come out. However, there are, of course, concise editions. People are probably like the, the edition that you would have on your desk, like the one book. Those are concise editions and those do uh, exclude a lot of words. But the people the complete, have dictionaries on their desks, dude, it's like 2020. I yeah, it's not shit. really a thing. Now, I kind of want the second edition, though, like the, the text version, because it's like 22 volumes and it'd be kind of cool to put oh, wow. in the background, you know, um, and I would actually use yeah. it, too. Um, it'd be kind of cool to flip, you know, flip through instead of having to look Oh, it up. come on. You, you'd use it for a day and then you'd I, be like, yeah, back to I have, no, I have the Barnhart's um, etymology dictionary. I use that thing all the time. I whip that thing out constantly. For it's not a digital version of this. They, 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 like in the front uh, cover, they say, hey, download the digital companion. Know. I've never really looked. I like it. But yeah. Wow. And anyway. That's exceedingly backwards. So how does how does a word become obsolete to get out of these these sort of things, uh, the concise editions and whatnot in the first place? And what and how does a word get there in the first place as well? So that's what we're going to talk about now. And so a very common thing you'll hear people say is, hey, like for instance, anyways, but by the way, is in most dictionaries, um, it, they'll say, hey, it's not in the dictionary, so it's not a word. But this sentiment is not shared by professional word nerds at all in the slightest. And you don't have to look very hard to to find Example. So, as co-founder of the phenomenal, if you've ever seen this uh, word reference site, Wordnik, it's 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 awesome. Uh, so, and one-time chief editor of the American Dictionaries of Oxford University Press, including editing the second edition of the new Oxford American Dictionary. She has quite the resume. Erin McKean. She states, "All words, aside from unintentional errors, and oh my god, you can tell that she does a dictionary, doesn't she? Malapropisms. Yep, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that is. A word <laughs> from their birth. All you have to decide is whether the word in question is the right one for the job. Dictionaries don't measure realness. They serve as rough proxies for the extent of a word's use. Yeah. And so Erin McKean, by the way, as a little aside, besides being a very distinguished linguist, she's also the creator of the McKean's Law, which states... Any correction of the speech or writing of others will contain at least one grammatical spelling or typographical error. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A, and the grammar Nazis, the actual Nazi ones, are the worst at this too. And whenever you point that out, that they, they don't respond nicely to that either. Um, but so uh, they're just angry. Well, you're pointed out, and then because of McKean's <laughs> law, you make another error, and then you just end up in yeah, a cycle, yeah. and then you're you know, yeah, an infinite cycle. But so going back yeah. to the. Um, a word being in the dictionary, what it actually implies. So uh, further, as noted in the frequently asked questions of Merriam-Webster's website. Most general English dictionaries are designed to include only those words that meet certain criteria of usage across wide areas and over extended periods of time. As a result, 
They may emit words that are still in the process of becoming established, those that are too highly specialized, or those that are so informal that they are rarely documented in professionally edited writing. The words left out are as real as those that gain entry. The former simply haven't met the criteria for dictionary entry, at least not yet. Newer ones may ultimately gain admission to the dictionary's pages if they gain sufficient use. So essentially, we could just make up a word right now. Yeah, and because it would as- be a word. As noted, all words, uh, so like there's, you haven't seen it, but in Marvel, um, Infinity War, at one point, uh, Drax says to Thor, he's like, that's a made up word. And Thor's like, all words are made up. It's like, yes, <laughs> that yes. is true. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, going further, oh God, I really. Now I must see that movie with that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, Stanford professor Arnold Zwicky, I just really liked his rant on this subject. So I'm going to make you read it because it's really good. Oh, it's extremely long. Okay, here we go. We start with the admonition that people of taste and refinement should not use X. Then this is exaggerated, elevated to the admonition that people in general should not use X. What should govern the behavior of the best of us? Those are genuine sneer quotes, because uh, best is in quotes. Yeah, yeah, this is better written down. Uh, <laughs> in certain circumstances, should govern the behavior of all of us all the time, in all contexts, for all purposes. What a remarkable lack of nuance. What a divorcement from the complex textures of social life. I love these word guys. They're so into yeah, words. Right. Uh, <laughs> they, they write really well, funny enough. Yeah. As if that weren't enough, it ratchets up hysterically, one more notch, to the bold assertion that X simply isn't available for use. It's just not part of the social repertoire. My dear, it just isn't done. I like reading this. This is great. But if it truly isn't done, then there's no need for the admonitions. Don't tell me there's no such word. Parade your idiosyncratic prejudices if you wish, and if your mind is open enough, we may be able to talk about the basis of your prejudices and mine. But don't lie to me about the state of the language. Yeah. So I feel this guy, I don't know, he's at Stanford, I guess, so he's American. Yeah. But this yeah. feels very British. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it could be British. Like maybe it's just because but... I read it. But, but he is a Stanford, oh, yeah, Stanford yeah. linguist, so, you know. He's probably uh, up near the top tier of yeah, just My dear, it just isn't done. Sounds like something yeah. Sherlock Holmes would say, you know? Yeah, yeah. I did. There's a couple others if people want to look at some good rants. So there's Mark Lieberman's Snoot Bluck uh, article and then Stephen Fry's uh, language video. Uh, well, I guess it's uh, he wrote it, but then someone made it into a video. So you can go see it on YouTube. The, the language one is the one I point most people to. Uh, the, all the grammar Nazis, whenever. It's like my standard reply. <laughs> just the link. <laughs> go look yeah, at done. Because... It, it's so it's it's the contrast between like the internet grammar Nazi, like the true Nazi one, not just the people who like language and stuff. Uh, but the, between the linguists, you can really see the difference. And one one of them loves language. The other basically, no, this is the way I learned when I was seven. So this is the way it's always going to be. Yeah. But going back to this slightly philosophical point of view. So in the 2011 paper published in Science, Quantitative Analysis of Culture Using Millions of Digitized Books. So this in this study, they analyzed the language used in 5,195,769 books, which is about 4% of all books ever published. And they found Dude, some very... Of, that's a lot of books. It's like that's 100 a million books been published. Yeah, yeah. And what they found, they found some quite interesting things about this. Uh, speaking of going, again, this is in the context of Oh, if it's not in the dictionary, it's not a it's not a word. And so that this is what they were looking at. So how how often are the words that we use that we actually use in books and you know we talk 
how often is are they in, in the dictionary? And so they uh, even when excluding proper nouns like you know, names and stuff to quote the study. A large fraction of the words in our lexicon, 63%, were in the lowest frequency bin. As a result, we estimated that 52% of the English lexicon, the majority of the words used in English books, consist of lexical dark matter undocumented in standard references. Which is fascinating, especially when you have like the OED who, in you know, some of those like that, that document stuff so well. And there's so many words being left out, which we're going to later, I'll mention the specific numbers that I can't remember off the top of my head. But so... On a similar note, uh, with regards to not just what constitutes a word, but proper usage, the OED also distances themselves from carrying that banner. They state, quite frankly, on their website. The Oxford English Dictionary is not an arbiter of proper usage, despite its widespread reputation to the contrary. The dictionary is intended to be descriptive, not prescriptive. In other words, its content should be viewed as an objective reflection of English language usage, not a subjective collection of usage do's and don'ts. Yeah. So it's once again, the linguists have the kind of language evolves. It evolves constantly, and that's kind of what they love studying. And so they're all quite open to that usually. Um, and then, you know, it's the rest of us that sometimes aren't at all. So for reference here, the OED, they have 600,000 entries in their, in their complete documentation of the English language. But uh, it turns out there's a lot more than that. And so how much more? So we kind of referenced a little bit. So from that study, a lot of people kind of go along with that. They say, oh, there's about twice as many words in English language that then is actually documented. But it turns out it depends on how you define a word, actually, because so we have like Webster's third new international dictionary has 12 distinct words that are spelled post, you know, so there, it, it really depends on where where is it? Where is it a different word than the one before? And so. Um, looking at like Wordnik, for instance, which tries to document every word, doesn't matter if it's appeared in the English language, it has a distinct definition, it's a word. And so what do they, Wait, what do they? When it says like 12 distinct words spelt post. So they mean something different. Does that mean, different. you know, but so then like, you'd look it up and it would be post and then it would be like, you know, one, yeah. two, three, so four, So exactly. Five. So do you count that as one word because it's one, but it has different definitions or do you count each one? as a dis each definition of distinct word, despite it being the same. So, I think it's the same word, in my opinion, but yeah. then it's complicated. Because if you yeah. have a word like uh, wind, you know, as mm -hmm. in to, you know, blow, but then mm -hmm. also wind, to wind yeah, something yeah. up, yeah, they're exactly. spelled the same way, but they're pronounced differently. So, yeah. so that would be, I think that, yeah, most people would probably count that as two. But then what yeah. if the definition is completely different? Would you count that as two? Even though, I wouldn't you know, if it's said and if it's spelled pronounced, the same way. Exactly. So there's this controversy of what actually does. And when you look at like Wordnik, which tries to just do all words, you know, to try to capture them. And it's a distinct entity um, if it has like the different definition. They actually have 7 million unique entries already for English, which again, compared to that 600,000. And then if you think that's a lot, go to Merriam-Webster's database. So they have a database of potential words that they might want to include, the things that their editors and the people have 70 come up million? with. 70 Sorry, million? Sorry, I know I'm your notes here, but that's yeah. insane. Yeah, How many so, do they have? 600,000 in the OED? Yeah, and, they, and again, when you go back to those books, which cover like 4% of all books written in English, it's about half are in the OED. So these are definitely obscure things, and, and obviously, clearly... Merriam-Webster and the OED and stuff don't don't think they're you know good enough to put in. So those, they might be like things like where I've I've made up words on today I found out before and just and no one has ever noticed, uh, which is funny to me because the grammar Nazis do notice some other stuff. But like the, you know I just made that word up. That's not even a word. Uh, but you know I I couldn't think of like it was in cases where I couldn't think of the word I wanted, but like I 
thought of a word that kind of like you know what it means just by the context and by the way it sounds type of thing. I feel I've come across some of these. Yeah. 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 And so these these would get entered here, but no one else used them like ever. Like it's used in that one article one time. And so they it would never, you know, appear in the dictionary, obviously, unless unless it caught on. So from there, that we've sort of laid to rest the popular notion that dictionaries are the bastions of what counts as a word or not, which is something uh, that people say a lot. I'm going to try so, that next time I play Scrabble. Just like yeah. throw down like a seven right? like, triple word score just made up of X's and Y's and be like, it's a word. It's well, and that's the thing word. is most people, or at least in the old days, I don't know, I haven't played Scrabble in forever. So maybe people don't do that anymore. But in the old days, people, you play Scrabble and they get out the dictionary, right? Like the, but it's the concise dictionary that they're getting out and they don't know. They're not getting out the real. They don't have the 22 volume set. So, and they're like, oh, it's not in the dictionary, so we can't, it doesn't count. But it's like, mm, what dictionary are you going to use there? Also, I might be wrong on this, but I think if you challenge someone in Scrabble, you also lose your turn, which is something we never played. Yeah, if you, you challenge, if, if you're wrong, yeah, this is, that's one of the rules a lot of people don't follow in Scrabble is if you challenge and then it was a word, then you lose your turn. And so you don't yeah. want to just challenge willy nilly. Which makes the game, a, a, makes it a really yeah. different game. Because yeah, then it's just you, like, yeah, how hard can you bluff? Especially for you. Like, I'm, I'm sure if you're playing like British people, they, you know, they don't even notice your accent. But if you were playing an American, you sound like you got that refined. You could be like, that's a word. Like, what, you American, yeah, like, you don't know uh, that word? Clearly, uh, yeah. Yeah. obviously. We use, uh, we use that word all the time in Britain. So, like, what, you haven't, you haven't you can, read the works of so and so? Yeah, you could dominate uh, against Americans in Scrabble, basically. Yeah, but yeah terrible so, vocabulary, excellent at bluffing. So how do they actually decide what words go in there? And so in two words, sustained usage, but also the OED actually has a lot more words on their generative method, which is as follows. The OED requires several independent examples of the word being used and also evidence that the word has been used in use for a reasonable amount of time. The exact time span and number of examples may vary. For instance, one word may be included on the evidence of only a few examples spread out over a long period of time, while another may gather momentum very quickly, resulting in a wide range of evidence in a shorter space of time. We also look for the word to reach an, a level of general currency where it is unselfconsciously used with the expectation of being understood. That is, we look for examples of uses of a word that are not immediately followed by an explanation of its meaning for the benefit of the reader. We have a large range of words under constant review, and as items are assessed for inclusion in the dictionary, words which have not yet accumulated enough evidence are kept on file so that we can refer back to them if further evidence comes to light. Yeah, and so how, who actually does all this work? It turns out it's actually mostly a lot of volunteers because they don't have... Uh, the OED has actually never turned a profit, like, which is kind of interesting. Oh. Uh, despite, if you want to go buy their 22 volume... They should do more volume, editions, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. But if you want to buy their souls. physical their physical 22 volume set, uh, it costs like $1,100. Whoa! Yeah, but even then, they've never made a, a profit, according to, I don't know, there was, I had it in here somewhere, one of their editors or something. But yeah, they do have a subscription, though, where you can get... <laughs> Google uh, it. <laughs> Sorry, I Google this, like, to see how much, like, I'm like, okay, let's see how much this costs, like, in Britain or wherever, you know, yeah. come up on my shopping. Yeah. And the first thing that comes up is, I, I Google full OED set. The OED and printed on CD-ROM. Like, <laughs> yeah. Really? That's the first entry? You haven't updated that? That's exactly why I bought like the $5 like old someone's copy on eBay of the second edition. And the downside is they do have the um, third edition that's obviously not anywhere close to being complete, but they do update You know their online one with the stuff that they have finished part of it. So I yeah. don't have access to that. But see, that's actually a, a bad thing for me because... 
in this way with the second where edition. You, I'm where? Where did you get? I I'm looking around. I yeah. don't have a CD. I don't have a. I don't have a drive. <laughs> that could do that. I have like a an Xbox at home that takes yeah. discs. I think, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I don't I think don't... I could copy a CD off it. I mean, it was like ten years ago, and then I put it. I just oh, ripped okay. it. I ri- I ripped it, and so now I have it in digital form, which is probably not technically what you're supposed to do. But uh, you know, well, if you, I paid my five dollars for that. Um, so that's yeah, that's like ripping a movie to your computer <laughs> off a DVD. That's yeah, you're still if not that's supposed not to do legal. That. It's not the law is dumb. <laughs> it is dumb. It's not legal in the slightest. Um, but what? That's people, not legal. At least not in the US. No, if you buy no, a DVD, absolutely not. And you have you to have buy a special on your computer for personal use, and I you may don't or, share it with anyone. Yeah, I may or may not have heard of someone who rips all their movies and puts them on his central server at his office, and that has to require special software to do, and the software has to be updated to get around all the you know stuff. And yeah. that software for a while went out of went out like it couldn't be sold in the US. And so, and then they ended up moving offshore, like their headquarters or whatever. <laughs> and so that they could continue doing it. But yeah, you buy the, because who wants to keep the physical copy? You know, you could just go to the store, you buy, I, I bought it. Like it's not shared with it, anyone. It's for insane. me. Like, yeah. so you go I just to your shelf of Blu-rays and take out the exactly. disc and put it in your I don't want to get up. On? I don't want to get up. I want to just click on my Plex and, uh, and click around. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yes. No, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, nowadays it's a little easier because you can just like buy from Amazon. And like in the old days, it of was course. like, well, and I mean, Amazon's not going anywhere. But in the old days, there was that controversy because at the time, like in the early 2000s, there was always, oh, you would buy the digital. But then like three months later, either that company would go out of business or like uh, they would just change the rules. So oh, now you can't download that anymore. And so, but now that's sort of stream that's fixed. Someone who definitely isn't me would say that if I bought <laughs> a DVD or a Blu-ray back in the day, and I didn't have a DVD player or a way to play it, I would have very little issue with pirating the <laughs> out of that. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, not me. No. There's someone who, you know, thinks a lot like me, but is definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, exactly. Yeah. You got to listen to your customers. Give them what they want in the way they want it and they will pay. But but take it away. Don't give it to them in the way they want and, and they, they won't pay. And it's like, again, someone who definitely isn't like me. <laughs> Tell you what, you know, back in the day, Adobe, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you make it impossible for me to up my, update my Photoshop because your website of like 1999 or whatever yeah. is an absolute, you know, uh-huh. not me, not my experience. I'd have no issue pirating your stuff. <laughs> that is literally <laughs> like what everyone... 99% of the rest of the world. Yeah, because until, and then they got really smart and they said, hey, why don't we just offer a subscription service? And then we make a lot more money because people pay forever. And then everyone, I do it. I, I buy the subscription and, yeah. and it's it's nice. But before, I, I someone, also not me, used to do the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Although I'm still upset because you guys pay $50 a month for yeah. Creative Cloud. I pay like yeah. 50 euros a month. It's like 20% mm-hmm. more. And if you're in the UK, you pay 50 pounds a month. Well, see, I actually got even better because I got the student edition because at one point I was a student and they just never follow that up. So if you just never oh. cancel, you always wow. get that discount, well, which is about good. half, half even then. But yeah. Um, anyways, back to... Oh, back we to did work. a video, didn't we? Did, did we do a video or was it a business place about fake universities? And I'm like, mm-hmm. how do I start my own university? Not so I can be like a degree mill. 
but just so I can get like the <laughs> discount software. Like yeah. simonsuniversity.ac.uk or uh, what's your .edu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get so much free stuff. But yeah, going back to what we were talking about. Oh, the second edition, which I have. Mm. The second edition. It's actually kind of a good thing that I have the second edition, not the third or the part that's complete. Because if you notice, sometimes we'll have a thing and I'll be like, the OED says this, but I actually found something sooner. And I'm sure they fixed it in the third edition, you know, but then I get to sound smarter because mm. I get to correct the edition that's way old. But yeah. So anyways, where were we talking about the mostly volunteers who do this sort of research in their reading program so yeah, all this gets cataloged uh, meticulously and everything to be further, further looked into. And incidentally, so you might wonder from this. So everyone also uses, so you say, how do you spell that word? So you look it up in the dictionary. I mean, nowadays everyone just uses Google, but once upon a time, everyone used to go oh, to the dictionary. I'm sorry. I was just thinking about Adobe still because I was, you know, <laughs> I ranted and it got in my mind. It yeah. wasn't about the update to the software. It was about the key. Do you remember how you used to have to subscribe and get keys? Yeah. Like, so you'd get like, I don't know, like Adobe Photoshop, whatever it was before it got, I, th mm. I think there was versions before CS or maybe it was early CS. And yeah. so you'd buy, you'd buy it and then you'd have a, like a, like a scratch card where you'd scratch it off the, the CD key, right? Do you know so what I'm talking your, about? So you hitch up your covered wagon, you go to the mailbox, you grab your key, you, you get your thing out and no, scratch it No, 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 it was yeah. like, it was like, I don't know, it was like a 16-digit alphanumeric code that you'd plug in, yeah. and then it would be like, oh, we verified your software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, this probably. stopped working, and it was trying to get in touch with Adobe to be like, hey, I paid for your stuff, can you send me one? Yeah. And uh, again, this wasn't me, and then being like, <laughs> all right, well, if you're not going to send me one, this person I might know is just going to download one of those key <laughs> generators, and it took like four seconds, problem solved. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, continue. My rant is over. So, for you might be wondering from all this, has there ever been a case where the dictionary has misspelled an entry name because everyone uses it, right? And it turns out, we looked really hard, not just me, I think Carl and, and possibly Melissa, looked really hard to find one instance, just one instance, where a major English dictionary has misspelled a word in their thing and we couldn't find one. Not, not a record of a single one. Well, because then ever. it becomes the spelling, doesn't it? Because you'd look yeah. it up in the dictionary and be like, well, I guess they're right. <laughs> yeah, so they have, they have like obviously a meticulous process with so many people look over these things over a span of years and years, sometimes even decades for a word to percolate up. But they've had record of it from right when someone first, you know, noticed that someone said it. Uh, and so they, it's a, so many people look over it that by the time it gets to the actual dictionary, it's already, it's good. It's, it's perfect, isn't it? They're not going to make a mistake with that. But they have made other mistakes. And this, the famous one is doored. The word doored, which is not a word. Never I mean, heard it's, of that. it's a word because oh, they define. It's in the dictionary and it's got a definition or it was in the dictionary. So doored, it turns out this was sort of a funny mistake that it was supposed to be. So they used to do these cards, like the three by five cards. This was way back in the day mm. uh, that they would send and you would put like different notes and stuff. And so in one of them, in the 1934 version of Webster's New International Dictionary, they did. Uh, so someone put D, capital D, or lowercase d right and so through a series of, of sort of progressive errors over the time at one point just to start someone underlined the whole thing which implied that the whole thing should be bolded and so they did that and then the typist yeah. later started to think it must be like a word and it was really just supposed to be d or d as an abbreviation for density or, or shortened for density in chemistry and physics but instead 
short eventually came to mean density in physics or chemistry in the dictionary. So that was one uh, mistake that wasn't caught for quite some time after, I think, uh, several years. Someone finally finally got the Dord. It's not actually a word. And then just like the other errors, it's amazing how, how few errors they have in these things because you have to go back to 1911 and they and this wasn't a uh, in the, this one was the OED. This wasn't a, a, like a misspelling or anything or an incorrect word. They simply in the definition implied that it was atmospheric pressure that makes siphoning work in the definition for siphon. And it, that that actually stuck around for almost a century before it, one Dr. No, Stephen Hughes. Yeah, yeah. One Dr. Yeah. Stephen Hughes was like, "Hey, it's actually gravity." Um, and so and because siphoning is where you it. take something from upstairs and like you do the yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like when you yeah. siphon petrol out of a car. Yeah, and There's so no extra just have, pressure. Yeah, you just have to have the lower end lower than the top. And so it just is sort of like pulls it, sucks it out once the flow, and it is just the gravity but doing the work. If you if you hadn't pointed out saying, you know, leading with this was an error, I'd just be like, wow, yeah. I just don't understand physics. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and it took this one took a century for someone to finally <laughs> notice. Because, I mean, who goes into the dictionary and looks up the definition for siphon? Nobody. Especially um, someone who's 100% confident that they know what it is. Exactly. And so it took this Dr. Stephen Hughes, like, who knows why he was looking it up. But yeah, he, he must he be one of his out. students or someone brought it to him being like, listen, doc, you're yeah. a physicist. I don't understand how on earth this is atmospheric pressure. It's gravity. And he'd be like, yeah, it's obviously gravity. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, look in the yeah. dictionary, doc. And he'd be like, I'm going to send a Sternly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, I don't know, this just illustrates, right? Like looking, and we looked really hard for like errors in dictionaries. They don't make them. Like it is insane. <laughs> their their level of accuracy is like unparalleled. Other than like the OED, of course, like we've pointed out, sometimes they miss. Other than they today, just, I found out. Yeah, we find things <laughs> earlier examples all the time. But that is just because we have tools that the no, second I mean, edition makers. We don't make errors ever. Oh, yeah. That was my joke. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Totally don't ever make errors. But yeah, What's no, we, we, yeah, the, what we have an advantage over the second edition makers of the, of the OED because we have the internet. Um, the second edition mm-hmm. makers didn't really, that's for the third edition. Uh, that's we just wait a couple more decades uh, and that'll be out officially. I cannot wait. The crazy thing about this 34 million pounds. A sponsor when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't make a profit, Your so. genuine excitement at that is gold. Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah. that would be so. Oh my, that'd be the best ever. It would be, uh, but Maybe yeah, they'll that, send me a copy to get to get this in perspective. Right? I know we've mentioned it a little bit before, but so the in 2010, the third edition mm. was 28 percent complete, and they had been working on it for 21 years. 80 mm. lexicog- uh, lex lexicographers, really. I thought would have thought it would have been lexographers. I feel it's lexographers. Yeah, it says lexicographers. That just seems. They're probably right. They're the language people. Oh, wait, but is this a... Oh, this isn't your writing. It is my writing, but I wouldn't have put that unless it was the thing. I'm Googling it now. I'm also Googling it. I totally would have put the thing. A person who compiles dictionaries. Well, there you go. Uh, Wow, today I found out. 21 years to get to that 28% complete. And Mr. Simpson, John Simpson, who had been overseeing this project, he retired in 2013 after 24 years. And so now they gave the job to Michael Profit, uh, which is kind of funny. Which he won't be making a profit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And he was 48 years at the time, which means at the projected completion time that they're estimating for the third edition, he will be 70 years old (laughs) and probably retired. And in reality, his children will be dead. 
I mean, just because lots of time has gone past, I don't have any plans to kill Michael's children. <laughs> just to be a hundred percent clear and cover my cover my legal basis. Yeah. So I don't know. I just find that insane. Now, if you do subscribe to their online thing, uh, then you can get sort of the updates as they complete them, so you can kind of get a sneak peek at the the gripping Oof. edition that's going to be is out. Just, <laughs> oh, so exciting! But it's it's kind of expensive, so I went with the five dollars second edition uh, disc off eBay. How much is it? Uh, the, the the subscription, I think it's like $300 a year or something like that. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not true. Yeah. I mean, when you break it down to like month and what, I mean, the amount of work that goes well, into like these 25 things. 25 bucks a month. Netflix is like yeah, way less than that. But yeah, the amount of work that goes into this thing is insane, obviously. Yeah. Um, I consider all of the content on Netflix. Yeah. I'd say that's a larger yeah. amount of overall man but, hours. When you look at that, they've already, a lot of the, all the shows, and well, not all of them, but a lot of them have already made money off other things, and Netflix is just like a new way to to do, I mean, they do have originals, but, but this, the, the it's Oxford, not a, they're not. It's not a fair comparison. I'm, yeah, I'm just. Yeah. They're, uh, they're not making money there, so it's it's fine. Oh, there but, you go, $295 um, is right there in, in the notes. Oh, is it? Yeah. I mean, I assume you, you put it there. But. Yeah, yeah, I did. So it must. That's probably how I knew it was about. That's. It I was totally. I felt like I was kind of just guessing vaguely off that three hundred dollar quote. Well, you but guess very, it was, you know, it was in the notes. The way to the cow at the circus, you'd be, you'd be yeah. close. Well, it's clearly because I, I wrote that and I just had forgotten. Yeah. So I mean, you can buy the eleven hundred dollar version now of the books, which is kind of cool. Gonna, but they're not actually going to. I'm just going to Google it. You might, you might guess that when the two that late two thousand thirties, when the third edition, they're not planning to make a print edition, so it'll just be the online. Unfortunately. God, this is such a shame. My dreams have been shattered. <laughs> this video brought to you by the OED. This this brings us to sort of another misconception. So every time, so you have these news reports all the time, which are people are get upset about, oh, they're cutting this word from the dictionary, right? And this once again comes back to the misconception that the dictionary actually represents the English language, like that it's like the definitive thing rather than just being sort of a record of certain words. So people get upset about about. We all know it's it's descriptive, not proscriptive, prescriptive, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is yeah. the right word there. The guy, whatever his name was, the the English, yeah. the American dude who sounds like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but people still get upset about it, and news people like to report. So, how do they decide? He was American, these... by the way. I looked him up while we were chatting. He was. Yeah, wow. yeah. Despite sounding like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. No, I had a professor, a Greek uh, Greek literature professor and he had this problem when he went to England and like, he's like he was a linguist he has like a PhD in linguists and in like ancient Greek and uh, Latin and also history like ancient history and he goes to Britain and he had people making fun of the way he talked and it was just like this is like the most refined American like speech patterns you could ever boss like this like, it's like this Stanford guy and it was just like you know for him it was like a personal a personal affront because this was like his thing you know he was like the expert but yeah people People made fun of there the I saw a video on YouTube about these like people from Boston and they speak with this super weird, like refined, almost Englishy sounding accents. They were mm -hmm. like these super old, like, and they were all like 90 something. And apparently their like accent was dying out or something. It was, it was really weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know, as well. a British person, it's kind of like, oh, it's, it doesn't sound American, but it doesn't sound British. It's kind of. Well, that's Weird. what the, when you go back to like the Shakespearean English, like we, we covered a long time ago on that, um, how far back that video, how far back could you go and still speak English to people and they would understand mm -hmm. and you would understand them. And you look at that Shakespearean time and it, it turns out the Shakespearean accent was more like what we would think of like a cross between pirate speak, American and maybe like a hint of Irish, you know, like, and it's like, like 
literally just sound like Hollywood Hollywood pirate speak is basically uh, what they actually, which is so bizarre to think because, you know, nowadays Shakespeare is all refined and like you have that, you know, RP accent that, that people do. Um, but back yeah. in the day, it wasn't, wasn't at all. They're just the making like pirates. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's insane. You hear that there's those uh, two experts. It's a father-son linguist team that do that do it and they they do the accent like it is and it does sound so much like like uh, pirates of the caribbean pirates or something it, it's weird but um so how do they decide what goes in and out of the concise editions of these things and so like you have it turns out it's really hard because they usually have to add more words of the in the concise editions than they're subtracting and so like the oxford unity press was tasked they near cutting 200 words in the 12th edition of the oxford english dictionary but they needed to add 400 new words in 2011. And so to do it, like they changed format, formatting, font size and stuff like that. But you can only do that so long before it becomes yeah. like unreadable. Classic so this, student, like it needs to be three pages. Well, I guess I'll yeah. just be widening my margins. Yeah. And so this, the senior editor of the dictionary, um, let's see, I think was this one. Oh, this one was Collins uh, Dictionary. It was uh, Cormac McCowan. Who would he would explain that to accomplish these changes? Uh, oh, because he actually had to do he had to get rid of some two thousand words in their two two thousand eight edition uh, and to add a, a ton more. So he states. I feel like they could have added two that removed two thousand and eight words for the two thousand and eight edition. Just yeah, for yeah. you know that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says we've been fiddling around with the typeface to try and get more in, but it is a saturation point. There is a trade off between getting them in and legibility. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, we so dropped this, it down to font size two. <laughs> yeah, this is where the controversy comes around, where, the, where you see the news report. So, Why does so font one, size two even exist? No one can see this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, when you're making those notes, you know, when you have like the open book test, and then they're like, you can have this one three by five card. And then, did you? There was an awesome post on Reddit, and it was like, you, it was uh, how someone got around having a one sided notes. So they mm -hmm. were like, you know, the professor said you can have one page of notes. So they made a Mobius strip. <laughs> so, you know, it loops around and it's yeah, yeah. always, if you look at it, it's like, oh, it is just one side. And then the notes were on both sides of the, you know. Yeah. It's pretty clever. Yeah. But so like the for this particular one in the concise Oxford English Dictionary 12th edition, they had, they had to get rid of cassette player, for instance, in favor of adding mankini, which was the, of course, the headlines. Uh, and people were quite upset about that. Um, and then so I'm not upset about it but it does seem weird because I don't need to look up Mankini because I know what it is yeah. whereas cassette player I'll be like yeah. I, I, if I heard that I'd be more inclined to look it up yeah that is interesting to think about because yeah the more obscure words which is why in the end of the day Oxford English Dictionary the complete they try to keep every word because they want you to be able to look up be reading a book from 1890 and mm -hmm. be like oh I don't know that word and look it up in, in the dictionary and it be there. Obviously, it's not going to be in the concise dictionary um, that most people have. So, um, but that the, another one that was uh, hugely controversial was Oxford Junior Dictionary, which they had to cut about 50 words connected to nature. So they cut words like acorn and uh, buttercup and instead put in words like blog and chat room. So that was uh, quite, uh, uh, again, controversial. But at the end of the day, again, the dictionary is not a record of all English language, especially not a concise junior edition, which only contains 10,000 words out of the 600,000 that are in the, the full OED. So, so there, oh, there was a... Yeah. I looked up the definition of the Mankini by, by Collins just for fun. Yeah, yeah. A man's swimming costume consisting of a narrow V-shaped piece of material extending from the crotch to the shoulders. And you know, like a group of linguists went over that how many times and like the volunteers and like all to, to come up with this definition, this perfect, yeah. like how many it's hours were spent to put to put that one thing in. So, um, 
But yeah, so uh, so <laughs> you said I, a sentence <laughs> and don't even think of wearing a mankini in the dining room. <laughs> what? It's great to think about how much thought and effort was put into the, to that example sentence as well. Yeah. Uh, well, this yeah. one is actually pulled from, apparently. Uh, where was it from? That usage appeared in the Sunday Times in 2018. Oh, there you go. So, uh, Collins Dictionary, speaking of them, they do they did this thing in 2008, which I think they should do. I don't know if they still do it, but I thought it was pretty clever. Mm. Uh, so they were trying to get the public to adopt archaic words uh, just so they wouldn't have to cut them. Uh, and so... There's some examples. So they have, um, I don't know if you don't, do you want to read the examples? Yeah, if you help me in the notes where they actually yeah. are. I was looking up yeah. Mankini. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Uh, niddering, meaning cowardly. Fuzzy, maybe, meaning mm. fat, yep. shot, short, or squat. Villapend, meaning to treat or regard with contempt. Ooh, I rather like that. Yeah, Villapend. Yeah, I like Villapend. I'd like to see that in a sentence, though. Mm -hmm. Threequel. I don't like that. Meaning the yeah. third film, book, event, etc. in a series. A second sequel. This yeah, film se seems second like something sequel, exclusively here at like Comic-Con or something. You know, it yeah. feels incredibly nerdy somehow. Yeah, that's like where you have like once, twice, thrice, but then there's nothing. There's no, there's no four. Quadrice. Yeah, they're, 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 I mean, yeah, so you could just make up one and then you know, right. say it. Um, so yeah, there's a, you have a sequel, but then you don't have you just the third film in the trilogy is what people would say, which is much less concise. A threequel, people should bring that back. And then one more. Finally, whittle, meaning a man who tolerates his wife's infidelity. <laughs> I feel like they could get a porn site to adopt that one, you know? Yeah, well, they've been, they, what they tried to do here was get celebrities, particularly to adopt them and start using them to try to get yeah. the public to use them too. Uh, I just thought that's kind <laughs> of fun. Get a porn star to um, take whittle. Yeah, so that that is basically our episode today on dictionaries. Hey and, man, you uh, made it interesting. Like I was, I was concerned. <laughs> I, was I just thinking, think it's oh god, dictionary episode. People don't like words. No one cares. Yeah, but it's pretty no. funny. It's, it's and it's fascinating how how much work goes into it and what is the dictionary actually? Because you have like the makers of the dictionary have one perspective of what what the dictionary is and linguists on what language, and then you have like the general public, which has a very different view of what the mm -hmm. dictionary means you know like the dictionary is if it's in the dictionary it's a word if it's not it's not a word is what a lot of people think and uh, yeah it's not quite the linguist perspective which i think is fascinating Idiots. well and it, it is it's so representative in comments i can tell you like you can tell the people who are actually linguists when they're correcting you or something and the people who are just like grammar nazis mm. it's a it's a you know there's a there's the, a very the, distinct the, style difference and one's very friendly and um, helpful and the other the trick to it which is something I've learned to do over the years is uh, is simply not care oh yeah no yeah I'm <laughs> well past that I just uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah, over, just yeah, cool. after a while you just, yeah after like 10 years eh, whatever but um, yeah. I still I still Does, uh, I say, and sometimes I do like to use the grid my best one I don't know if I leave them in the scripts at all but instead of grammar Nazis just with like is I usually, when I mention grammar Nazis, put an apostrophe, like I apostrophe S. <laughs> nice. And that, that's, that's always a good one. That's, that's Don't a good use time a capital N either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so moving on to reviews. I, I didn't Oof. actually read these. I just took the ones from the last month that were kind of, they seemed like they said something. They were longer, okay. not like one sentence. So okay, I don't know. great. Um, hopefully they, I hopefully noticed you've you've selected all for five stars. Is that intentional or was that accidental? No, they were all. They were all. Mm. There was not a single one, not five stars. Naturally, that's what I like to see. I'll, I'll just zoom in on this because clearly it's in in font size oh, yeah. too. 
Uh, I found this pod. Oh, thank you too. Uh, dude, I'm not going to do all of them. You've got like eight. Can I just do two? Because I got a P. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just pick, pick randomly. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, mundane Megan says, I found this podcast through Pandora and was instantly hooked. Did someone found us this podcast organically and not through YouTube? This was another, po- This we had that someone else at one point who found what? us through Pandora. And I'm I don't even amazed. know. I didn't even know we were on Pandora. I didn't even know what Pandora is. Yeah, yeah, Pandora is that uh, radio subscription service, basically. Sort of just music and... You yeah. say that like, oh, yeah, the radio you subscription like, service. Who subscribes like the, to radio? It's 2020. It's, well, it's basically like music, but like more like a radio where you don't get to pick the music you listen. I mean, you can pick like genres and you can Why like songs. Why would I want to listen to radio when I do, where I don't get to choose the music or have the music well, more just selected me for, for things like, that I like? For like discovery and stuff. I actually have a great... That's why Spotify exists. It's called Discover Weekly. They're like, here's songs that... uh, And I listened to an interview about this, how they screw it up on purpose a little bit to throw in things that you might not be into because then Mm. you might discover something you like. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Pandora's been around for a long time, so yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Megan. Let me carry on. She sought out the YouTube show as well. Loves the dynamic between the hosts. Wait a minute. So Megan... Is that right? It's, yeah, that really is small font. I can't read it. Megan. Yeah, I zoomed in. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Megan found the podcast first and YouTube yeah. second. This might be the first person ever. And that's that way. Interesting. That'll bring up our external traffic. Have you looked in the analytics where it's like externally driven traffic for our child? 0.000001%. And it was yeah, like, yeah. probably all coming yeah. from that time we were on the MSN homepage for like a day. Uh, she loves learning about stuff and history and knowledge loves tangents god knows why and that they eventually because they eventually loop back to the main topic that's why it's just the anticipation of getting back to something <laughs> useful i'm not sure why i'm reading this let, like not you gotta get actual you bore, get boring and then the main topic sounds more interesting that's that's it. right i mean why would you yeah no that's you, yeah you don't want to peak peak too early in the episode you know no somehow We'll get off a rant about Adobe and bring it back to words. I only wish they were more edited. Edited to add. I wish the random Star Trek facts were brought back. Oh, dude, oh, I that was about years that. ago. I totally forgot we used to do that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it feels a bit random, though, doesn't it? It does, now, but... Now that I feel we know what we're doing a bit more. Well, do, do we? No. I've got to get on a skillshare.com forward slash brain food. Um, okay. Yeah, by the way, if you're wondering why is this not well edited, probably because you're... Although she got the podcast version, so it is very... It is edited. (laughs) Joel, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Joel's our podcast editor, who I feel does a good job, but uh, maybe I'm missing something. Most educating educational duo out there. Been a long-time fan of the channel. Binged the podcast in a matter of a month. Every episode is amazing. Their friendly conversation also helps make it interesting. I even love learning about the differences between the UK and the States through the podcast, as Dave and Simon talk about them on occasion. How do you feel about that, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. I correct your name is actually David, although everyone yeah. no, always when... calls you Dave. Yeah. Well, now is that you Dave have a um... version of David, can, can people say Dave? Have you ever I mean, gone by people Dave? do. I mean, I, I go by whatever. People got my name wrong all the time, like oh my, my whole life. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even why. notice. 
I don't even notice, to be completely honest. You know, you don't register it consciously. What, it's uh, also strange because your brother's called Scott. And I that feel that is like if you could choose, you know, it's like John, <laughs> Mike, Peter, Mike, Scott. Funny, Mike. I have another brother named David. John. Jonathan. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 Why is your name David? I don't know. I th- I don't. I have it's no not idea. wildly think- popular in the U.S., and I'm just missing a trick, right? Well, I think. Uh, well, I mean, the no, the Jonathan was more after my dad, John, and then I don't know Scott. I have no idea. Uh, and I think my parents took turns naming, uh, and so. <laughs> I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Listen, do you want me to wrap this up with doing one more or do you want me to end the show? Well, I say one question and to wrap it up. What is one thing that you know that is different about the US than Britain that we haven't mentioned? Like just you. I feel like half the podcast is like me talking about. Is that a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. So like what? What uh, what is one thing where you you're over in the US and you're like, well, that's totally not a thing. Oh, oh, I got it. I got one. (gasps) Oh, you were, we were in the car. We were in the car okay. driving, and you were like, "Should we say I was driving, not drinking?" And you said, "Because I, I don't like alcohol." But you were like, "Let's put the beer in the glove box or whatever you called it." And yeah. Scott and I were like, "Okay, about? where's this mysterious yeah. glove box?" <laughs> and no, and and you were and you were like, "Wait, it doesn't get cold when you put it in there?" And we were like, "No." And you're like Wait, in Britain. Is, so glove box is a thing. We're not talking about the word. Yeah, yeah. The the I don't know what you would call it. Like would the you little cubbyhole where you put stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the passenger seat. And and you were wanting to cool off the beer. And yeah. And we were so like, oh, in, okay. Yeah. But we don't. There's. It doesn't cool. And I th- we thought that is amazing, and that should be in cars in the U.S. Like well, that should be. Hang a on. Thing. I'm just wondering if this is like. Not all cars have this. Don't think this is something that you go buy like okay. a bottom of the range Toyota and it's going to come with like the no. air conditioning that feeds into the glove box. Yeah, I just think but, I've had a couple of cars that have done it, and but that, that been... is so easy to accomplish too. Like it's just a little pipe that runs from the air. Why is why isn't that that can't? It's not expensive. That should be in all cars that have like a little cooling, you know. Feature. I, I just assumed because you drive a Tesla, and I was like, you know, yeah. in terms of technology, it. It, you know, you'd find it in like a Mercedes or something, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Toyota does it now, or maybe this is a normal thing. But yeah. I was like, I assumed Tesla would do it because it's a technology yeah. car. They have all this stuff. I mean, it's not complicated. Yeah, yeah. And then you were like, no, yeah. it just gets real hot in there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, maybe why they're not like the AC in there. Maybe they're fancy ones. You know, I just have the Model Three, which I don't have like the like the X and S. Maybe they they, they have like stuff. I don't know. Maybe they have that. Maybe I don't know. It seems like a really good idea because <laughs> then it's like it's, especially so if it's a like long literally. Drive, just a little pipe thing, you know, they would be, and they would be easy. And I don't know, I thought that was genius. And I was like, that's amazing. I've never even heard of that in a, in a car, but you know, yeah. at the same I time, I've only ever, my car, my car before the model three was a 1988 Toyota Tercel, which I drove for 20 some years. So yeah, dude, I'm not I exactly remember, the one and you're like, I'm not you're a, like, dude, I'm not the, the one to got- talk about <laughs> fancy cars. <laughs> you know? so you're telling me all these amazing things the Tesla does. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like my six year old, Land Rover does this, you know? <laughs> exactly. Look at this. The windows roll down when yeah. you press a button. You don't have to use two hands because Whoa. it's so bound up. No. Um, no, kids, kids, they make you upgrade your car. So, you know. Calorie counts on everything. Like you go in, and I think if you look on the back of like the menu in, you know, if you go into a McDonald's and you've got the tray with like, you know, the paper on it and you flip it over, the calorie counts mm-hmm. will be on there. But one of the mm-hmm. big things I found in the US is like, you go up and it's like, yeah, cheeseburger, you know, 400 calories. And it's telling you right there, 
And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'll just get a salad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was strange. Yeah. And then also just, I don't know, whenever I wasn't with you or like I was waiting to go home or whatever and I'd just go to a restaurant, like I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to have a look through the menu. And I'd challenge myself to find the highest calorie count, you know, surprisingly <laughs> high calorie count items. There was, yeah. a, there was a milkshake from, I, I had breakfast at a Denny's and uh, <laughs> there was a milkshake that had 1,400 calories. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah. that's like yeah. half a day. It's 70% of your calorie needs for the day. <laughs> That's like the um, Outback Steakhouse uh, onion bloom appetizer. The appetizer, I don't know, it's like four or 5,000 calories. <laughs> just the appetizer. It's yeah. not right. Yeah. Yeah, I just no. prefer not knowing. Yeah, it's for the best. But yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was, that was surprising. Shall I? Uh, okay, so this has been the Brain Food Show. God, this was a long one, dude. We're at one hour 40, 137, Good. but it'll be shorter. People... Uh, enjoy that you know because we've had we've had like two months off so that'll be good a little extra yes yeah, it's like 50 no, percent ranting nice. though which i i, we, oh, I said true. at the beginning it was going to be ranting yeah i know i I, <laughs> I sometimes think i should like we should cut back on the ranting a little bit but people sometimes like it but sometimes yeah, i just feel i like rant a bit too much about stuff but yeah yeah uh, anyway uh this has been brain food show please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts that would be fantastic David and I will both shortly be appearing on Fact Fiend. Carl has a new podcast, or he has an old podcast on a new platform called um, Carl's Corner. Carl's. So go check yeah. that out. Also, you know what to do. Skillshare.com forward slash brain food. You'll get two months for free, and then it's less than 10 bucks a month. So, you know, what is there to complain about? Dude, did I absolutely nail those plugs or what? Tell me you're You finished strong. Come on. Finish that strong. That's, that's the way to go. Mm. You hit them all. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back real soon. I'm extremely manly. Have you seen my body?